0: Welcome to the Short-Term Rentals podcast. Here we share all of the latest news, opinion and intelligence from across the burgeoning short-term vacation rental space, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. In this episode, George Sale, editor of Urban Living News, speaks to Will Parry, co-founder and CEO of Altido, about the blurring lines of accommodation asset classes, diversifying into the corporate travel market and the company's growth targets and expansion plans.
1: Will, can you give us a bit of quick history about Altido and explain why and how your recent deal with Dove Viva came about?
0: Um, Sure can. So uh, firstly, on on the Altido front, um, Altido uh, is an acronym that stands for A Life That I Dream Of. Uh, and represents four businesses that came together uh, in a merger, a merger of equals in May 2019. Um, So we represented uh, different independent, short-let management businesses, in uh, two in the UK, one in Edinburgh, one in London, uh, one in Portugal and one in Italy. Um, So we came together to form a more hospitality-focused brand um, and and an international footprint across Western Europe um in 2019 and we've been operating ever since had a good year then obviously covid was was less good uh and then um and then as we as we came out of, of covid we were thinking about um how we could kind of get back to our original vision and business plan and a key part of that was always um to grow and scale in a faster way than we'd ever done before we thought that as a as a uh, international brand and a larger brand would be more appealing to investors. We've never taken on money before. Um, so we we set about creating that business plan in the post-COVID world. This was in 2021. Um, and one of the first um potential investors we we met was Dover Vivo, based in Milan, an Italian business, but they have a footprint in Spain and France as well. Um, and we they, they they were known to our Italian partner, um, and, and we got on very well. And we quite quickly saw there was a lot of complementary synergies. There. Their their business is a a, a co living business, a longer term, so sort of six months plus. Um, and they manage um, and beds taking long term leases and investing money in in the refurb um, and. Yeah, their geographical footprint complemented ours, <clears throat> but it, but the two different types of models we thought, particularly as it was beginning to blur, um, particularly in the post-COVID world about how long people stayed in properties, that there was an interesting opportunity. So what again started out as an investment um, ended up in a, a full-on merger-stroke acquisition. So Altium is 100% owned by David vivo and and in exchange for that, we've it's given us a really good footprint to grow we've had an injection of of capital um and we had our our biggest and best year um last year i guess the final thing to say is on the brand front we've got three different brands a let brand um, the italian brand and we actually have a, a french brand called chena store in france um but later in the next month or two hopefully there'll be some more news about the, um, the umbrella brand being launched as we begin to build up the the, the now grander vision of a, of a, l- a larger residential platform.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you mentioned blurring there, and you know w- we, we spoke briefly the other day, and you mentioned you're looking to move into more um, accommodation asset classes as well as short term. So um, co-living, I think you mentioned student accommodation. W- what are the main challenges and opportunities presented by doing that? There are obviously similarities in operating, buildings in some respects and, and differences in others so w- what do you see as the main challenges and what's your logic in in moving into these these other segments
0: yeah so i think even before um even the trajectory of 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 altido pre Dover vivo we we were seeing seeing that you know we all started out really as as many businesses in that sector did as uh, what was known as an Airbnb management company, where you would find one owner with with with, with one property, and you would manage that in a, quite a fragmented way across the city. But as you begin to scale, you build a, a skill set of of your team, your resources, your expertise, your software, um, and and your uh, your operational infrastructure, which enables you to then take on different kind of projects um and more appealing projects in in our eyes commercially so um we started out coming to the market in that way but now we you know we manage um blocks of uh, apart hotels and service apartments in in some of our regions and th- there's I, I think the core hospitality side and the service side is the same in terms of dealing with the guest You you need your your team we have a uh, a guest relations team on 24/7, 365 days a year. So you've got that kind of bedrock. A lot of the software is similar in terms of how you, the distribution, how you reach these guests in the first place, and then how you manage their stays with your with your PMS and your task management software, all these kind of things. Um, and actually, when you're taking on these buildings, it, it feels quite a bit easier in some cases for for the ops team who aren't having to sort of run from from property to property all across a city so we were beginning to see that change already i think what is challenging and new for us is now we we are part of this larger group and we're going into segments that we haven't operated before we've had exposure to in minor ways um i give student accommodation is a great example of that so the pbsa buildings where where we've come in as a short let operate in the summer so just for a couple of months doing our short let thing when the students aren't there we've done that in uh, York, Edinburgh, Dublin, and London um, in the last few years. Um, so we've 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 got exposure to okay, this is how a PBSA building runs. We're beginning to see, you know, the, the handover when we get the buildings off the students. It goes back to the students in September. And I think the next leap for us is actually to manage the the, the building all year round rather than just coming in in the summer and. I think the challenges there is is regulatory wise. There's a lot of regulation that we would we would need to be up to speed on, and and so get making sure that you're aware of all the pitfalls there and you're covered. There'll definitely be some new softwares in managing um, a property like that, and 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 also in how you distribute and, and and get the the students in in the first place. But on the plus side, this is what Dover Vivo have been doing. You know, working with student accommodation for for many years. So we've got, albeit in a different country, we've got their their expertise and knowledge to plug in as well. So um, definitely, uh, yeah, definitely some pros and cons there. But um, I think one of the interesting things that, that we're looking at at the moment is actually coming at a market uh, as a bit of a disruptor rather than the incumbent. You have a fresh pair of eyes, and particularly from a hospitality background. I think what we've seen of the student accommodation operators is they've been doing the same thing for years and years and years and it's functional and um but could it could it go further are there other things that they're they're kind of missing that w- without the hospitality background we have so that's a an area we're looking at as well to to be a bit more have a have a differentiating factor in the market mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> you're also in the co-living space and i, th- I think if i've got this right that the, the majority of the properties that you operate are on a fairly small scale, HMOs essentially, um, you know, professionally run HMOs. How do you see that style of co-living evolving alongside the new kind of big institutionally backed developments? Do do you think they have a different customer profile and can the two kind of uh, coexist alongside each other?
0: Yeah, so it's a very good question. Uh, Just in terms of the status quo of where we're at now. So um, the what were altido geographies which i currently manage so places like the uk uh, and portugal we're only just getting into co-living so that that's very new for those markets and and um it will be a range of those two things so the the smaller smaller scale hmo style fragmented um, as well as working with the institutionally backed operators with the larger bespoke Buildings, And again, like I said before, the beauty here for us is we have a bit of a head start because in, in Italy and France, we are, the, the wider group has already been doing both. So we have a, a business called, a brand called Dova Vivo Campus, which is the larger bespoke building. So we have one in Venice, for example, which has about 200 beds. Um, we have uh, a, a palace in, in Spain with... Um, about 40 beds uh, and we recently opened um, one outside just outside Paris um, in the suburbs with 100 beds so those are the typical um, more bespoke buildings that you've seen um, being operated in recent times and I think the main difference is the amenities that they have on offer relative to the smaller scale HMO I think there's a place for both and certainly with with us we're not specializing in one we're continuing to grow in both segments um and i think in terms of the profiles the main difference is probably um the types of services that you're looking for as as a tenant Uh, and typically you're going to be paying a premium for the newer um more more common areas so you'll have things like you could have some co-working space you could have a yoga room or some gym space and if that's what matters to you and you want that you know maybe your your room is your bedroom isn't particularly large but you'll have a communal kitchen and you'll have a bit more of a community and 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 i've stayed in some of these spaces and certainly from remembering my student and post-student days they they are very appealing um so there yeah i think it it, the main difference probably would just be on the premium that you pay for those extra amenities which are which which people increasingly do want just all in one place all wrapped up there it's simple it's easy and then they can get on with their their day-to-day lives
1: yeah yeah you touched on this briefly earlier but how is your distribution channel mix evolving and and broadening i guess as you're moving into new markets
0: yeah so over the last year as Altido, the biggest change has been on the corporate side. Uh, and the main reason that's happened is because we have inventory in our portfolio that is suitable for corporates. That's not to say we didn't have corporate staying with us before in our short term rentals. We did. We just didn't. We weren't actively marketing to them or, diff- or or acknowledging that they were a corporate per se. So, you know, someone found us via Airbnb or Booking.com and and the type of inventory we had was suited their needs then great but it was it didn't work the other way around where if we actively went out to a silver door or sit or Portland Brown and said you know we want to work with you as a as a supplier uh, their needs were one well uh, a consistency of product um, a certain scale of product so having you know, 10, 10 apartments in the same place with the same consistency. Uh, and we just and, and with the availability so typically the the length of stay that their their clients are uh, wanting to stay is much longer and we had you know we, we, we our portfolio was spread across across the city and and the uh, the availability was was patchy because you already had a lot of bookings so what's changed is the sorts of inventory i'll give an example we've got one in in london in uh near, near the nine elms project and you've got the US Embassy and the Apple offices. And so um, we've got about circa 20 units there all in one building, which are all designed in the same way, all have the same amenities. And that's suddenly very appealing uh, to that type of guest who can come and stay for three, four months um, when they're on a project. Um, Perhaps they've been seconded over here. So um, that's the corporate angle is definitely part of it. And then I think on the co-living side, and the longer term lets, we've been signing up to platforms like Rightmove. Move. Um, we've got some, you know, platform, some some platforms we've already worked with who do um, have have exposure to that longer style of booking, like Spotter Home. And again, yeah. we, we, what we really need to do is leverage our existing brand and our existing um, exposure to to the European um student and 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 young professional market so we we we, under Vivo we have a a very good sales engine when we when we bring out the new brand it'll be really important to launch that heavily into the UK um to to increase those direct sales on the on the co-living side
1: okay going back to the short-term rental side and the corporate travelers are they coming to you direct or are they predominantly going through one of those agents you manage And, and if they're coming direct how comfortable are they now using short-term rentals with regards to the kind of duty of care and accreditation and that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, um, so most most of the, the, the big bookings aren't coming direct at this stage. The, 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 our understanding of the corporate market at the moment is you know, that we're, we're not at a scale where we can really build those kind of, you know, we're a decent-sized company and we're growing, but we're not at the scale where you can, be the the one-stop shop for some for the type of partners um we're getting exposure to so most of them are going via um an agent um and in terms of their understanding of short-term rentals well our experience so far is 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 as long as you're able to provide the core things that they require they will hold definitely hold you accountable to that and and you need to be able to provide a satisfactory level of service but once once you've proven that you've got that reactivity um, which is really key um, and and particularly focusing around things like wi-fi is you you just can't afford to have a unit or building that has patchy or dodgy wi-fi and if you do have any problems in that department you need to be able to have a solution to fix it very quickly but so long as you can provide quick and seamless interactions on whatever issue it is um then that's the that's the kind of seal approval they're looking for and they do more and more business with you. So um, again, I think it comes back to the thing I was saying at the start is we've been doing this for so long and we've made all the mistakes in the early days dealing with the, the individual Airbnbs that we we built up a, uh, the, the in-house knowledge and um, the in-house resources that have been working with us over the last few years, um, that we have a, a staff base and a pre- operational process that we're very comfortable with um we have you know across the group now 400 plus staff and we're, and we're growing fast so um we're we're well set up to deal with the the challenges posed by um potentially slightly more demanding clients
1: mm-hmm. let's finish off then will and talking a bit about growth what are your targets for number of units under management and also new geographical markets you, you've you've got kind of western europe fairly well covered from the various <clears throat> mergers and acquisitions o- over the years, w- w- what's the plan going forward?
0: Yeah, so as Artido, we had our, our, our biggest year of growth last year um, and that that was, you know, it was a good time to be doing it with the market bouncing back and it was a very exciting time for us. But I think you have to be um, mindful of also the, the wider market dynamics at the moment. Growth, growth is important and we will continue to grow, um, uh, but not at the expense of profit or the expense of our, our operational infrastructure and our staff and so we we're very you know we're a cash generating business we're a profitable business and that's really important to ensure that our margins remain good um, in the in the climate that we we're working in at the moment we've seen competitors who struggled when they needed to raise money and perhaps the fundamentals just didn't stack up so that's certainly something we're mindful of but having said that we're still hoping to add about 1400 almost 1500 units and I mean, and that's uh, across beds and actual properties so that's across the short shortlet side and the co-living side the co-living side as mentioned is new to us um, in the uk and portugal we're, we're going to be adding about 300 beds this year uh, and that's split equally roughly equally so 100 in scotland 100 in england and 100 in portugal um and then on the pbsa side we're working and uh, that's a a long i'd say a slower burn but we have relationships with some of these institutional uh institutionally owned buildings and we're speaking to them at the moment with the idea of taking 400 beds um before next year and then finally there's the um there's the pop-up uh what, what we call pop-ups where you manage the, the pbsa over the summer um and, and we're expecting to manage over a thousand beds uh in the uk alone this year um so yeah so some some decent growth um but yeah keeping an eye on that
1: bottom line as well excellent great stuff well thanks very much for speaking with us today pleasure thanks for having me thanks for listening to this week's short-term rentals podcast if you'd like to keep up to date with industry news Head on over to shorttermrentals.com and sign up
0: to our weekly e-newsletters.